this, this church and its grounds are so anointed that uh, it amazes me every time I come to church and visit. When I have my grandkids, and I wasn't going to come today because we got my grandkids, and Pastor Phil says, bring them on. So here they are. So I decided that uh, today's the food drive. So I brought my grandkids over to work the food drive. So uh, they had they had a good time. But uh, I go meet Pastor Joseph out there in the line, and, you know, what do you want me to do? Well, he goes, and there it is. And he left. <laughs> so here I am in these lines, and I'm going, okay, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit took over. And I mean, each one of those people you encounter, you have a reaction, interaction with. So I prayed with people. I prayed for healing for people. I led one guy to the Lord. And uh, it was just an amazing blessing. So if you haven't done it, come do it. I mean, that's a Holy Spirit training ground. And I mean, uh, I had one couple that was so busy on their phone that they didn't want nothing. So, I mean, I couldn't even communicate with them. So I says, okay, drive on. You're, you're missing out. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed beyond measure of what, what God does. You know, he just took over. And I had one person comment that you come on these grounds and she says, you feel the power of God. And I had one lady says, you know, I asked her, I said, do you have a need you'd like to pray for? She said, you just let the Holy Spirit pray. So I did. So there it is. So if you haven't done it, come do it. Got a recruiter here. (laughs) Tell us us what happened at the... Uh, thank you. I don't have the exact numbers yet, but it's always a joy and a privilege. We, we've reached about 19 different communities that have come through here, and uh, it's always a joy to, to see their faces and uh, to see their expressions. They're very helpful. They're very grateful when they come in. We actually had another lady get out of her car, walk over, and she started helping us bag the food. And so then she went over and got back into her car, so it was really nice. So it's, been, it's just been extremely, extremely beneficial and very helpful. And uh, the community really does appreciate it. And we just thank you for all your work that you do in all the events here to, uh, to reach the community for the Lord. And um, I think today was one of our busy days. Again, they were backed out into the street today. So it, it's, and that was double row, double lines, double lines going back. So there's, there's really hurtful people. What's that? It starts at 9. The food truck came a little late today. They usually come around 6.37, somewhere in there. He came around 7, about 7.15, 7.20. So it took us a little longer to bag the food. But it's about 175 families that we've been doing. But I, I know we had more today. So, But thanks, thanks, Pastor Phil. Sorry. And, again, sorry for interrupting when I came in. But, but God bless you all. Amen. We thought you had a word for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. talking about when people come on the property <clears throat> that's i believe it's a direct response to the pre-service prayer because at nine o'clock from nine to nine forty-five, 
there's a group of us that meet in the prayer room. And every week we pray that anybody who drives on this property, from the moment whether they know the Lord or not, they sense the power of God. So along with coming to that, you guys ought to be here at a little before nine o'clock. Go in there and pray. You're going to feel the power of God. And what we're seeing is what we're praying in that room happens out in the service. It's a, it is powerful. Amen. 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 Anyone else? You have a testimony. Something that the Lord's doing special in your life. Karen? Well, I fell probably about three weeks ago on Tuesday at work on water. And it was before work. And it was when I did my leg, my left leg went all the way up my back. I hit hard on that left knee. And when I tried to get up, I felt my side, right side, too, was hurt. So I finally got up, and they did send me to the hospital because I was taking blood thinners at the time. And But before I got up, I pulled my leg out, and I said, there will be no broken bones Amen. in the name of Jesus. And I said it twice, and I was so full of pain that my friend said, she was feeling me to see if I had any broken bones, but I just said no. And when I finally got up and I went to the hospital, I was able to witness to the guy in the ambulance. And I said to him, his name was Brandon. And I said, Brandon, have you received Jesus as your Savior? He said, yes. I said, well, it's a twofold. It's not just Savior, it's Lord. You're making Lord of your life. And I said, that means you lay down your life and let the Lord operate in and through you. And I was able to witness to one other fellow who was a nurse in there. And he said, well, I don't know how to answer you. And I don't know how to deal with this. Well, he never did come back. But, <laughs> but anyway, I was on a cane for a couple of weeks. And one of the girls said to me about last Friday. And she said, how long are you going to walk with that cane? Well, that was a prophetic word to me. And I said, well, that's right. How long am I going to do this? I could use this as a crutch or step out. And so last weekend I stepped out. On that Friday, I just kept going away from the cane and trying to walk. And I was going up and down the stairs regardless of a cane. And so I will tell you that God is a good God. Now, there is a process. I'm not going to say there was. No. You have to take the word, and you have to deal with what's dealing with you. And you say, no, I'm not receiving it. But I say all this to say that if we hold fast to our confession, because one thing I did do when I went back to the, to the room, my supervisor said, you're going to have to go to the hospital. And I said, that's fine. And I looked into my Bible before the ambulance came, and I said, and I looked in Proverbs, and I wrote by it, and it's, it's, I had written in, the first words out of your mouth is important. And I said, oh, my God. And the Lord was saying, what you said on that floor has come to pass. Amen. So. Amen. Someone way back in the back. Ida. Yeah, I wasn't going to, but. The word, the word says that we overcome by the word of our testimony. So I do want to testify because about two weeks ago I had a mammo 
and they called me back right away and say they spotted a mass on my right breast. Well, immediately, you know, fear wants to come in, but I began to pray, and I had people praying with me and agreeing with me. So I went back on Friday for a, uh, they did an um, ultrasound to uh, look further, and she said it was just a cyst, so praise God for that, because I kept saying all is well, all is well. And so I go in on Monday for a procedure because they think that um, I have calcifications on the left side, which is where I had breast cancer before. And uh, they say, well, we just want to make sure it's not cancer hidden back there. So I'm believing, too, that all is well when I go in. And another good report. So I wanted to let you know. Amen. 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 Anybody else? You have your hand up? (laughs) Just checking. Well, uh, when I was in my 40s, I was told that I had to have surgery. And so I was debating on it. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, when you go in there, you tell them to take everything. And I, okay, and I thought, I'm not that pushy a person. I just like to have fun. And so anyway, I talked to the doctor, and I said, doctor, I said, when you get ready to do this, I said, I want you to take everything. And so after the surgery, oh, and being that I like to have fun, I had friends that were (laughs) nurses, and uh, I decided I wanted to pull a trick on the doctor, and they had a delible pen, and I drew a happy face on my tummy and said, Dr. Gelder's grand opening. <laughs> so the next, the, uh, the next day, the nurse came in, and she didn't say anything about what the, the happy face, but she did say, when you told the doctor uh, to take everything, he didn't want to. He wanted to leave your ovaries. And he debated and debated, and finally he said, well, I've got to do it. Well, when he sent them to the pathology, they cut them open, sent them the, that both my uh, ovaries were infected, and I would have died. And that's the first time. And I've had a second miracle this time, but we'll de- save that for another day. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for God. Amen. And thank God for humor. Yes. Amen. Anybody else? Is it a kind of? Yeah. <laughs> kind of, sort of, or is it an actual testimony? Um, you know, we'd leave, go to Hawaii, come back, and then I would feel like, okay, I'm getting settled in. And then we'd, he'd, we'd have to go back. And I was just talking to the Lord about it. And just, you need to speak to me, show me where I belong. You know? And, you know, so n- nothing anybody says. No look, no prayer, no prophet, no nobody. You talk to me, God. So I know in my knower that I know. Because once you know where you've been called, you know where you're planted. Like forever and ever, till death do you part. You know what I'm saying? That's how I am. I'm just real serious about God and the Word. It's just like being married. 
You know, till death do you part. And it was like, and I'd just been crying out to God. And I was so tired. You know, just tired. And then last weekend I told the Lord last Saturday night before I went to bed. You've got to talk to me. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but I have to know. Because whatever's been put in us, has been put in us with purpose. Right. And if it's to go clean toilets for the glory of God, glory to God. When he speaks you and you know it him, there's just some kind of a joy that happens in you. And then the peace comes. So the whole time I've been coming here for years, on and off, on, I was just like, it's just been a living hell for me. Mentally, emotionally, because I can't connect with, you know, just fear, 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 fear. And then Brother Jerry prayed the other day, and I knew I was supposed to go up there. And it was just so deep. You know, I don't know about <laughs> poverty being broken, but a lot of other stuff, it was so deep. And I just cried and cried. I probably cried till Wednesday. You know, what I was crying about, I don't really know in my heart. But it was like, I just know in my knower. You know, when the scripture in John 17 says, and I'd been praying that for months, we are one as he is one in the Father, right? And the church has to be in order. You got your apostle, your prophet, the yes, you're that. And it was just like when Brother Jerry prayed, he put his finger here, and it was just like this infusion thing going. It was deep. And then Eric took my hands, put his hands here. It was just like this enveloping thing. And I heard and I felt that John 17, like Pastor Justin was just sharing, you know, that together, that unity. And I had such a desire for the unity of the house of everybody. Let's all just come together and walk in this joy and this love for everybody. And I'm going to, am I insane, Lord? And then Justin comes up that Wednesday night before. And he's just talking about all this stuff. And I have these little teddy bears. I got them when I married Tom. <laughs> and they have these little hearts. And they tie at each end there. I've carried around with me everywhere. So when the enemy would want to attack me, till death do you part, <laughs> you know? And it says all together, right? And I just kept seeing that, and then there it was. He talked about everybody coming together in unity, in the faith. So I guess, so I told the Lord when I got home Sunday night, he went to bed. I got up, went downstairs and sat in the chair and just cried. This he came on me, I just cried. It's like, you want to go to church, but everybody's talking about everybody and everybody's looking, you know, it's just like, man, maybe I was looking for the perfect church. I don't know. But I do know this, that this place is so full. It's my testimony. I'm about anybody else. But that John 17, that love, that love of God, that, that anointing spirit, whatever you want to call it. I even asked the Lord, is such a thing as a spirit of love? There seems to be a spirit for everything else. Then fill me with the spirit of love you have for your people. 
not that you love me, just for everybody that comes here. And then, like, all week long, it was like, seeing this one, seeing that one. Even that guy, what's his name right there? I forgot his name. Jim. Jim. You know, just, because God just wants everybody to feel his love. And I just really feel, like, today coming here, it was just like, I woke up late because he let me sleep this morning. He left. And <laughs> I was sleeping, you know. He comes home, and I was still sleeping, but... You don't know what it's like to, um, when you're searching, 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 because everybody has to know who and what they're connected to, even in family. And if you didn't have that connection growing up, you're not going to be able to receive that even in a church family. So God's doing a deep work in me. So um, I just want to thank everybody for being kind to me when I would come here. Because the only thing I knew to do was go over to the corner. Worship God, pray in tongues, and I'll have peace. So um, I'm expecting tomorrow to be a really happy day for me. And I want everybody else to kind of understand and don't judge me. Because when I laugh, that fire and that power is hitting me. And I can feel it. And I was never, never had much joy. So now I have this joy on the inside. So I'm going to have to learn how to get it on the outside. So just give me grace, you know, because I am going to be a happy camper. Amen. Where the love of God abounds in our hearts. Amen. It's one of the things I'm going to share with you just for a few minutes. So if you have your Bibles with you or your Whatever you use, telephones or whatever, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 6. You know, for years and years and years, I think I've said this before, but I'm, I want to say it again. For years, I, I always thought that God never had any needs. I didn't think that there was anything that he had need of. He was the supplier of everything. I mean, what did he have need of? And I just always viewed it that way, even as a, as a pastor. I mean, uh, until I got a revelation that God has true needs. And his true need is what he created. He needs his creation to respond back to him. To complete his fatherhood. We're celebrating Father's Day. How many of you know our Father needs to be celebrated every time we come together? If it wasn't for Him, you and I wouldn't be here. Thank God for our Father. And you know what? Our Father has gone to every length necessary to see to it that all of our needs are supplied. All of them. Our health, our prosperity, our provisions in life, in everything. He has seen to it that it's taken care of. He has given us word concerning everything that pertains to life and godliness. There's not anything that he's missed. But the one thing that he needs is for me to reciprocate back to him his love that he has poured out to me. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. How many of you would give your son? I have a son. 
I couldn't put my son on the altar. I mean, I just couldn't. Uh, that's my son. That's my blood. I just talked with him yesterday, and he was just uh, pouring out his heart to me and everything else concerning something. And so I, I, I just just listened as a father. And at the end of it, he he, uh, he said, Dad, I don't talk to anybody, really. He said, I call you. He said, I'm so thankful that I have you. That I can call and that you'll listen to me. And he said, I love you, Dad. Well, that, that means the world to me. This is a young man that I watched and looked at behind bars that was in prison that was part of the gangs in the prison and you know to hear him say those things you know just just melt your heart so thankful and so grateful but that's the kind of father we serve and so in Matthew chapter number 6 we're going to start at verse number 24 he said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought. Take no thought. How many times have we thought wrong things concerning our Father? And I'm not talking about the earthly one, I'm talking about the heavenly one. When we say in our, in our hearts or in our minds or whatever else, we say, why haven't you done this? I ask you to do this and this has not been done yet. Well, the truth is, it's already done. It's already been satisfied. Everything is already done. And he gave us a manual called the Bible, a love book, letters to you and I, so that we would know how to live life and enjoy it to its fullest. And it's whenever we do not lean to Him and what He has told us, and we let that pass, that we get confused thinking that really it's God's fault. In reality, it's not. Thank you for shouting me down. <laughs> he said, therefore, take no thought. For your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, for what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. In other words, I've made provision for all of that. There is no really needs in life. I mean, you remember, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed having to beg for bread. He is a provider of life. And it all comes from us having a relationship with Him, a father relationship. I wasn't raised, I was raised in a, a dysfunctional family. And uh, in that dysfunctional family, uh, there was very little love on my dad's part. And that's because he wasn't raised that way. He wasn't raised. He, he on, you, you only reciprocate what you know. You, you can't be something or do something that you have no, nothing, no 
nothing about. And if you don't have him, the Lord in your life, then it's you can't produce that kind of love and you can't produce that kind of peace and that kind of joy that only he gives. And it comes through a submission of our life to his life in fellowship and relationship with him. I can't tell you the number of times that I've, you know, awakened at night and and uh, just just sense his presence. He's he's a very present help. He's he's there all the time, and it doesn't make any difference what hour of the day he 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 doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. You know, he's constantly there to see to it that your needs are met. He said that he'd even give you a sweet sleep. He'll give you a sweet sleep if you will acknowledge. If you will acknowledge, He'll give you a sweet sleep at night. You don't have to have nightmares and all of these other fears that, that try to come into your life. He'll give you that. That's the kind of Father that we serve. We were singing the song, He's a good, good Father. He really is a good, good Father. He's, not just, he's really not just good, He's excellent. He's not just excellent, He's awesome. I mean, he's over the top. He extends himself and has extended himself out to you and I in such a special way. He said, behold, he says, I want you to look at the fowls of the air. He said, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into into barns. Yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? I was out in the backyard and. And uh, this was just a couple of days ago. And I noticed we have some potted plants hanging around uh, the hot tub that we have out outside. And, and uh, uh, underneath the gazebo, it was hanging from the gazebo. And we have four plants hanging. And, and I was going out to water them and everything else. And I came up on this one. And uh, there was a dove sitting inside of the, the potted plant. So I got it pretty close. She allowed me to get up pretty close and everything else. And I was just looking at her. She was looking at me. And I said, you're an awesome looking creature. And I'm sure she was thinking the same thing. You're an... <laughs> you know. But she finally got up. She flew off onto the fence just a little ways away. And uh, I started watering the plant. And I looked and there was two eggs that she had laid in the, the nest. And uh, I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I've watered the, the eggs. I'm not going to touch them or anything else. But I went ahead and watered. I watered the plant as I did the rest of them. And just a little while, she comes showing up. And she goes in there and she f- moves around and flaps her little wings and everything else. And she's she's cleaning and clearing off all of the little area that the water had disturbed. And so I, I went over there and I started talking to her. And I, you know, and she just sat there and she just listened. She just listened like she knew everything that was being said, you know, and everything else. And I, and I said, you know what? You pay better attention than most people that I talk to. I'll just come out here and preach to you. You know. It's just amazing. God's creation is so awesome. 
I mean, how can we deny the fact? I mean, we have the sun today. Uh, I mean, just look at all the homes around us out here and and uh, the church, the anointing of God is on the property here and uh, and everything else. And I just, you know, I just I'm, I'm just so grateful and thankful that I know him and that I can have that kind of fellowship. And he doesn't shy away. He doesn't get angry with me. He doesn't, uh, you know, turn me away because I've said something in a wrong way. I didn't use my faith you know, to say certain things where we as faith people, sometimes we are critical about those that we don't think are getting a hold of it and grabbing a hold of it and really running in faith and everything else. But you know what? The Father is there constantly to see to it that our needs are met and supplied. He's just there. He's just so good. And he goes on and he says about the, the, the creation that he made. He said, which of you can take uh, thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? He said, consider the lilies. How many of you have ever seen the lilies of the field? Isn't it amazing? what the, You know, I mean, they just, when, they, when it's time for them to come up, they just know when to, to begin to spring forth and, and uh, the beauty that they show off, those roses right there, you know, the, just the beauty that God has created for you and I to enjoy. And I'm saying all that to get to really a, a point that I, that I want to share with you. He goes on in verse number 33. He says, after all of these things now, after all of your thinking and all of your thoughts, and how many of you can think big? I can think big. I can ask big. And I ask God big, and I think of God big. And so, you know, if you can do it, you don't need God. It's when you step out of the arena, and you get beyond yourself, and you call upon Him who is without limitation. There are no limits to what He can do and what He can do through you. He said, you can just go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. If you read your Bible, it says lay hands on the sick. He didn't even say pray. I've said that to you before. He didn't even say lay hands on them and pray. He said lay hands on them. That means that there is something in you. If you have Christ in you, there is something in you that's transferable that will cause that which is not good to become well. He said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. He said, cast out devils. He said, do all of those things because God's with you. He's with me. And we can do these things. And so why not do the extraordinary? But, you know, I'm, I'm thus and so age. So? Did he say you can only do that when you're young? He said young men would what? See visions. Old men would dream dreams. Well, I'm an old person and I'm just going to dream. How many of you have a lot of dreams now? More so than you've had in your life. Well, but he said there's going to be visions and there's going to be dreams. 
So there was time that you were operating and had the opportunity to operate in visions and in dreams and everything else. He's made everything available to you. That's the reason that He's a constant presence of help in your life. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will instruct you. He will do whatever you will allow Him to do in your life. You know, Diane and I pastored, you know, for 41 years uh, as a senior pastor. And as I've gotten older and everything else, I realize that what I know is really small in comparison to what he has to offer. And my older years should be my greatest years. And so should yours. Because of the time that you've had with him, the maturity that you have in your life, the wisdom that you've gained. How many of you made some mistakes in life? And you've learned something out of your mistakes? Amen. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, in all of these things shall be added unto you. How many of you know he's the God of the increase? He is increasing us. He said in verse number 34 again, he said, therefore, therefore, take no thought. He said, let me read it right. Take therefore no thought. For the morrow, for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, why are we worried about tomorrow? How many of you know he has it all under control? And he's father. He's my father. He's not just God. He's not just Jehovah. He's not just Yahweh. He's not just Elohim. He's my father. I have an earthly father and I have a heavenly father that has a deeper love for me than my earthly father ever had for me. And not that he he loved me and my earthly father loved me in the only way he knew how. The way he was raised. But my heavenly father does exceedingly abundantly and above and beyond. Just like he does for you. Amen. Because you're special. You know, we hear about Dr. S- when Dr. Savelli's, you know, he, he feels like uh, he's the apple of God's eye. Well, I feel like I'm the apple of his eye. I bet you you do too. You're the apple of his eye. He cares about you and everything concerning you. And He's made every provision for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So He makes provision for you. I want us to go to Luke. I'm going to to close with this. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 31. You all know this as the golden rule. What is the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. So he wants you to reciprocate who he is in you 
to who they are. Every person in this room has the need to be loved, wanted, needed, and appreciated. Everyone. There's not a person alive that does not have that need. And God has that need. But He has you as a vessel to be used in His hand to touch the lives of those that do not share and do not have that same blessing that you already have in your life. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior when I was 21. Got filled with the Holy Ghost five years later after I found out that there was even such a thing as the Holy Ghost. And got filled with the Holy Ghost. My life completely, radically changed because I became sold out. Hook, line, and sinker. Everything made the commitment. I was in the corporate world, doing corporate business, doing very well as a young man, uh, taking care of my family and everything else, and left the corporate world to go into full-time ministry. And God led it every step of the way. I can tell you miracle after miracle, sign after sign, and wonder after wonder how he got us to that position and place. He's just such an awesome God. He's a loving God. But here's what it says in verse number 31. He says it a little bit differently here. He said, And as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. For if, any, uh, if, if you love them which love you, what thank have you? He said, for sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them, which do good to you, what uh, thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. In other words, he's saying, as he is, so are we in this world. We are his hands extended. We're his eyes. We're His ears, we're His feet, we're His hands. Your hands were not made for destruction. Your hands were made to caress. God is a lover, and we're to love. We're to treat people with honor, with respect, with dignity, and with care. Because that's who God is. God loves the unlovely. You know, Jesus ate with sinners, which, which tells me that he got in the crowd that talked the wrong kind of talk, walked the wrong kind of walk, acted the wrong kind of ways, did things that they had no business doing. But Jesus came, went in as an example. He didn't criticize them. He didn't condemn them. He just lived a life before them. And they followed him by the thousands. Why? Because he had something that was different than what they were accustomed to. He broke all of the natural laws and did all of the supernatural things, and man was intrigued by him. Jesus said, many of you follow me just because of the miracles that I do. Well, if Jesus was here today, 
walking on this planet called earth, it wouldn't be any different today. We would still follow him because of the miracles, for the signs, for the wonders that he does. And we're still doing it to this day. And we're crying out to him and calling on him to the Lord bring forth the manifestations of the gifts of the spirit back to the church again and let it flow. Amen. Because that's what he wants. That's the order that he has. And that's the reason Sister Savelle, whenever God stood before her and gave her, he says, I want you to reach outside of these walls because they have need. They have a need. He said, I want you to do it for me. Do it for me. And that's what the Father wants us to do, is to reach out and touch. It's okay. We love one another in here, and that's wonderful. But there's a lot of people out there that don't love you. They're on the wrong team. But we're supposed to love them anyway. He said they'll love the stranger. He said, do good to those that despitefully use you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. He said, also, he said, rejoice in that day and be exceedingly glad because they prosecuted the prophets that went before you. So it shouldn't come as a strange thing if somebody criticizes you and ridicules you because of your faith. You just keep walking in faith. You keep doing what the word tells you to do. And as long as you obey and do what he told you to do, you will reap the benefits of all that God has told you to do. You're a blessing waiting to happen. You're not an accident. God doesn't have any accidents. Amen. We're all blessings. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's it. Short but sweet. He's a good father. And thank God for our godly fathers here that are willing to reach out and to do what they need to do. We're all at different levels and walks in our relationship with the Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, I've said this over and over. And I used to say it to my church all the time. You know, there are no, we don't have the right to judge. We're not the judge. God has laid that into his sovereignty, into his care. All we are is fruit inspectors. That's it. We're fruit inspectors. I have the right to inspect your fruit. You have the right to inspect my fruit. He says, you know them by their fruit. Amen. He said, don't judge them. Judge not lest you be judged. Remember, you're not perfect yet. See, Joe thought he had already been there. Got there. No. We're not perfect yet. We're just forgiven. Amen. We're moving in that direction, right? Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Listen, we have food left uh, in here. Those of you that would like to take some of this food home with you, please avail yourself to it. Uh, We also need to break down. There's only four tables we need to break down. These chairs, 
the maroon-colored chairs go back into the sanctuary. The rest of it stays in here. The small round tables, they stay where they're at. Uh, so if we can just take things down, anything that's left on the, the table, everything else, if we can get it removed, um, and everything, the little centerpieces, uh, Diane took off. I don't know where she wants them. But uh, we can maybe put them over somewhere on a, just a table, one of the small tables and everything else. And many of you can stay behind and help. We'd appreciate that. Let's, let's just have a word of prayer before we leave. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for our time together. Lord, as we make our journeys back home, we thank you for travel mercies. We thank you for ministering to every need that is represented here. If there be anyone in our midst right now that needs a touch from heaven, we pray right now that you would touch them from the top of their head, literally to the soles of their feet. Any part of their body that is hurting in any way, we thank you, Lord, for healing them and setting them free. If they have people in their family, loved ones in their family that need a touch, need salvation or whatever, we thank you, Lord, for touching their life. We, we just release the Holy Spirit upon them to be ministered to and be encouraged, come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, for healing for their bodies or whatever else that they have need of in deliverance, whatever they need of, Lord, we thank you for doing that. And we thank you, Lord, for hearing good reports back, not only here, but, Lord, from their families as well. And we just give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We dismiss in your presence and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.